Welcome to the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. I'm your host, Megan Kane. We'll chat with leagues, teams, brands, and broadcasters about different ways to engage fans and grow your organization. Today's guest, Justin Papadakis, the Deputy CEO and Chief Real Estate Officer at the USL. Justin and I chat about the rapidly expanding soccer league, what it takes to build a franchise, and what a promotion relegation model could mean for U.S. soccer. Join us for a little trash talk and a whole lot more. Well, Justin, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, you and I have beef. All right. Tell me. So you played soccer at Duke, and I went to Carolina, uh, the superior university, which means that we are beefing immediately at the start of this episode. So guilty as charged. Um, I'm sorry about your time at at Chapel Hill, but hopefully we we, we can push past that and talk about fan engagement. Sure, sure, sure. We can set that aside for now. Justin, tell me a little bit about the mission of the USL. When we started out, we just saw an amazing opportunity to to grow the game of soccer. So the 1994 World Cup, uh, one of its stated purposes uh, was to, you know, be a catalyst for the growth of professional soccer in the United States. And when we, you know, bookend that with uh, the 2026 World Cup, I think on every metric soccer has not only arrived but it is you know without a doubt uh, a mainstream sport in the united states and according to your website the usl or the united soccer league is the largest and fastest growing professional soccer organization in north america tell me a little bit about the league and its structure we are the only league that's fully 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 integrated um from youth to academy, uh, to pre-professional, uh, to pro. And um, starting in uh, 2024, we'll be the the only league to have a full uh, pathway on both the men's and women's side. And we think that that's so important um, because when we go into a community, uh, one, that's what our fans expect. That's what our city, county, and, and state partners um, want and, and, and expect. Um, and then a big part of our, our, of our, you know, thesis has been around our stadium and stadium anchored developments. And so programming those, uh, you know, more matches, uh, just makes the, the overall development, uh, better, uh, which provides more resources, uh, for our teams to operate at a higher level, for our players, you know, to be, you know, be paid more, and for our clubs just to have uh, more community impact because they are just larger uh, organizations. And the second half of your title is Chief Real Estate Officer. So you're really involved in building these clubs in these communities from the very beginning. And I believe you mentioned the other day that you're actively involved in 50 expansion discussions as of right now. Is that correct? That's a crazy number. Not all of those will come to fruition, but putting stadium and stadium anchored uh, entertainment district deals together, um, it can be a year, it can be 10 years. And so we've been at it uh, for eight plus years now. And so you'll start to see a lot of deals 
uh, start uh, to come to fruition uh, because of that that time frame. But we, now with putting, you know, thinking beyond the four walls of the stadium um, about the fan journey, uh, they, you know, our fans, you know, we're blessed in soccer to have, you know, a really young fan profile. So they want to come down to around the stadium before the game. Uh, they want to watch the match and then they want to go out afterwards. And so um, that's what we think about. Um, and I think why soccer has just become very successful is that, you know, it's um, it really resonates with uh, with, you know, with the, with the young population, especially now that they played it uh, growing up. And so that's how we've taken on our growth. And that's why, you know, we're the largest stadium builder by number in the world by far. And how we, you know, will add 30 plus new stadiums over the next five years. So what sort of criteria does the USL consider when entering a new market? I, I believe we've disproven the kind of old methodology of looking at markets from a the, the traditional metrics of household income, population size, population growth, corporate base, uh, and those type of traditional metrics. It is true that you do need, you know, a a trade area of populate of a certain population to uh, to support a professional team. If a town has 10,000 people, you know, it is difficult to support a professional team. Uh, but when you look at uh, for, for us, like um, New Mexico United, which plays in Albuquerque, uh, we felt really passionate. We were there for a long time in our, in our pre-professional league, was called PDL, now it's called League Two. And we just had a really great um, uh, feeling about the support for soccer in uh, in the community. And so if you look at it on paper, you know, uh, I think a lot, some fans, when we did the announcement, New Mexico said, out of 50 states, New Mexico is 51st in everything. Um, the traditional metrics that I just uh, enumerated, and but when they came to playing, even though there's markets multiples their size, they outperform uh, from you know a ticket sponsorship merchandise perspective uh, much more than markets with multiples of 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 theirs in those metrics. The fan engagement side is what we really focus on, and they are as passionate or more passionate. Uh, about their club and their community, um, even though they don't, they're the city that they live in uh, has a smaller, you know, population, and so our stadiums are generally smaller. So that's how we really measure success: is you know having passionate fans, um, and that's what you know we work on. And part of our strategy is, as I mentioned at the top, uh, to really look at those regional rivalries uh, to see how you know, as one major um, lever to pull to increase fan engagement, along with a host of other ones like ProRel and others that we've been working with our owners on to really create a differentiated soccer product here in the United States. But the core that we think about every day, our, our North Star is driving fans uh, engagement and driving our product uh, uh, so that fans um, love coming to every match. And so uh, we, when you start with that, uh, everything before that, building stadiums, building entertainment districts, having great players, ha and then regional rivalries and all these other, 
you know, storylines that we create, um, all that supports, you know, having a great product on the field that our fans are passionate about. And, and speaking of the upcoming years of soccer in the United States, you know, the World Cup is coming in 2026. What sort of growth do you anticipate coming off of the back of that? And what sort of fan engagement strategies do you plan on deploying to take advantage of that growing fandom here in the United States? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, and of course, you have to do a lot of things all, all at once, right? Um, you do need a stadium that, it, that has a great fan experience. Uh, but you also, in, in our view, need to look, you know, even a step before that and think about the whole fan journey. People have a lot of entertainment options. And so, like in, in soccer, uh, we don't have a tailgating culture uh, like American football does. Uh, so when we think of what's around the stadium, where the stadium is, we want to make sure that, um, and we have a younger demo, uh, that, you know, f- our, f- our fans can go down there before the game, have a great time, go to the game, and then go out afterwards. So they're not, you know, taking a 45-minute car ride or make sure that it's Uberable, you know, so they can uh, hang out. We Then even within the stadium, we really think about um, – you know, the design of the stadium, because how people watch matches uh, now, as you know, is changing a lot. Some people want fixed seats and some people want more social areas that, you know, they can watch the game, but they, they're also kind of standing up and, and they can kind of mingle with, uh, with their friends. Because if you're sitting down, you can only really talk to the person on your left and on, 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 on your right. Uh, so our design of stadiums uh, is is much different. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, on the different kind of fan uh, segments, uh, but at the at the, you know, youth, the youth side, it's making sure that we can engage fans early and, and their parents and put them within our kind of USL ecosystem. Um, and then for the, you know, for the uh you know, uh, the millennials, um, and the older, um, you know, the, the older fans, uh, we want to make sure that, you know, our fa- our matches are of course accessible in a, on a, on a great platform, which we currently have, uh, in great relationship with, with ESPN. And so I think now with, uh, so many of the technological, uh, changes, there's a lot of ways that we can, you know, provide fans more insights into their club. And that's, and that's what they want. And then, you know, starting to think about the match content is great. But of course, you know, there is so much original content outside of the game that we can do uh, because we have great stories, whether they be how to launch a franchise uh, or player, you know, player transfers, like we've had some amazing ones in Orange County and in Indy um, and uh, in, in Louisville uh, to, you know, what they're doing on the youth side to launching a whole new league on, on our women's side. So you're obviously building a lot of stadiums, um, having a lot of conversations about expansion, and you're dialing in on your engagement strategies. What sort of data have you seen that, you know, people are actually engaging and attending the games and allowing for this growth to continue? So when we look at 2019 to, to today, we're up over 72%. We should be right right about 3 million 
you know, fans uh, this year that uh, purchase tickets uh, to our to our matches. And so the number of season tickets are going up, the average size, uh, the average attends going up. But for us, um, we won't really see our, our average numbers because we're just now building our generation two stadiums uh, that are larger than 5,000 seats. So our generation one stadiums uh, were typically, you know, capped at 5,000 seats. And if you have 5,000 seats, you can only sell 5,000 tickets. And so um, now with our stadiums becoming larger, with our, these districts that we're building uh, coming in, we're really excited to see what the potential uh, can be uh, for, for our matches. And then again, that's just men. And what sort of impact will betting have on the USL as it becomes legal in more and more states? I think that, you know, that area will have so much growth. And of course, you know, as, as you and your, you know, the listeners of this podcast know well, very strong correlation between betting on, on games or, or matches and, and engagement, right? And so that's what we're really excited about. We started to put the, that infrastructure in place from a data perspective several years ago uh, to make sure that we could do that. And, you know, with uh, Genius and, and so many other companies, really pioneering great new technology. Um, the fan is going to have an amazing engagement tool uh, in their pocket, in their phone, right? And so whether they're at home, whether they're at the game, uh, they will be able to gauge with the team across so many different areas of the technology stack. But sports betting, you know, for our older, you know, uh, older fans will, will be one that I think um, will be a, a real structural change uh, in in sports in the United States and and I think uh, in particular uh, soccer uh, given our our really strong community uh, community focus and I've heard rumblings that promotion relegation is something that's on the table for the USL especially with the multiple tiers within the league uh, as we move closer to this European sort of model of soccer. What would that mean for your engagement strategy if you implemented promotion relegation within the USL? And is that coming to us anytime soon? Yeah. So promotion relegation is the the one uh, competition reform that 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 will have the biggest driver uh, positively uh, on fan engagement uh, in soccer in the United States, and and that's um, and that's a conversation that we. We continue to have with our owners. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, details to work out when you're implementing ProRel for the first time, uh, where it's compared to the rest of the world that that's had it. Um, and so, especially with new teams coming in, like we have on our expansion side. So, um, but when we've we've done a lot of you know quantitative studies on ProRel because. You know, I think we all like the idea of it, but we wanted to make sure that our owners um, had the quantitative data that that shows the benefit the the, the benefit of this, or you know, the business case uh, for it. And and it's just it's so clear um, from every metric, whether it's attendance, uh, viewership, um, you know, social engagement, etc. You know why promotion relegation does it and it's um 
you know, when you think about it, uh, it's not that hard to understand why, right? So especially if you look at the back half of, of a season, uh, teams that aren't in contention for, uh, for, for winning, uh, winning the championship. Um, if you're in the bottom half of the table, you know, there's, there's not as much on, uh, on, on the line, so to speak. Switching gears here a little bit to the USL's Super League, uh, the women's side of the USL. Um, you all are going to have your inaugural season in 2024. Can you tell me a little bit about the Super League and the mission behind it uh, and any growth strategies you all are planning to implement to sort of capitalize off of the growth of the most recent Women's World Cup and the, the spark of interest in women's soccer here in the United States? So our, you know, our mission on the women's side is, is to bring uh, world-class prof- professional women's soccer closer to home. Our women's side will be different in that it'll be sanctioned Division One, And so that has some unique aspects and exciting ac- aspects to that that we don't have on the men's side, um, like being able to participate in the Women's Club World Cup, CONCACAF Champions League, and we have to grow the women's sports ecosystem. So currently today, there's 200 professional women's jobs and you know uh on on the on the field and so we want to make sure that we are a player first league i can say without hesitation that we have not heard uh in any of those meetings from investors to uh our our governmental partners uh the question of like does women will women's professional soccer work Right. Like we've we've gone past that. I do think um, we and we do make a, a point of, you know, talking, especially with our, our city, county and state partners, that it's important to put uh, these women's athletes in an equal position to succeed. Right. If, if they play in stadiums that don't have the revenue generating capacity, that don't have the uh, ability to have a great fan experience. then if you put the Cowboys in a high school stadium that it was just not appropriate for professionals, then they wouldn't be the Cowboys either, right? And so if we put them in an equal position uh, to succeed, uh, we know that they will not only do well, uh, but, but thrive. And, our, and, and there's no question that uh, cities have put a lot of money into making sure that the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL are positioned for success. Um, and those are men-only sports. And so, you know, um, for a literally a fraction of a fraction of the billions spent on those facilities, if we can put that towards women's facilities and give them an opportunity to succeed commercially, um, then uh then they they will they they will succeed and so those are the conversations that we're having and we've had just again really fantastic support from uh the markets that we're working in uh that that share that same uh vision uh which i think is is exciting because the next 10 years of soccer in the united states men's and women's is going to be the most exciting engaging uh, period of soccer uh, in the United States, you know, by, 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 by a mile. 
and so we're just fortunate at the USL uh, to play a part in, as I mentioned, you know, bringing this top class, specific, specifically women's soccer, uh, closer to home so that people can go touch and feel it every day, not just watch it on TV. And that wraps up today's edition of the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, I'm Megan Kane.